Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bailey is tracked down for a short loss. Shamarco Thomas. It's like a missile. It's a heat-seeking missile to the football. Charles finding someone, directing his body, and trying to run through that person. An explosive safety. For some programs, maybe doesn't mean as much. For this Syracuse program, it means a lot. What's up, Syracuse fans? It's Mike McAllister from AllSyracuse.com, part of the Sports Illustrated Network, with episode 21 of the Believe in Syracuse podcast presented by Bet Online and Hoffman Sausage Company. I am here with my co-host extraordinaire, Kyle Left, to talk about Syracuse's upcoming matchup with NC State. Kyle, how the heck are you? I am doing amazingly, Mike. We got ourselves the new Spider-Man trailer, which I know is not sports-related, but it is near and dear to my heart uh, only a few minutes ago. So it feels good, ready to get going here and hoping, I mean, we can't get any worse than last week, right? Yeah, I mean, you would think. And, and speaking of the Spider-Man trailer, my brother literally just texted me the link to it um, as, as we just started recording. So I'll have to check that out as soon as we're done with this episode. But before we get to that, we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. But yes, it cannot get worse than last week. We think we are testing the jinxing gods here. We hope. As <laughs> 41 to 3 is pretty brutal, but we've seen things worse than that. Syracuse actually beat Clemson in a bowl game 41 to nothing, which is worse than 41 to 3. Um, and, you know, that. You got to move on, right? And so we're we're moving on into the next game, which is Syracuse against NC State. We'll start with you, Kyle. Going into the game, your kind of high-level initial thoughts on anything about the game and just kind of where your head is at entering it. I mean, where my head is at, firstly, is this offense needs to get their plank together. They need to they need to figure out something. Because outside of a single quarter, the past two games, they have done nothing. I mean, outside of the third quarter against BC, they have scored a total of three points, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, three points in seven quarters is not good football. That would be equivalent to the 0-16 Cleveland Browns level of bad. And I don't want to be Brady Quinn bad. I don't want to be Brandon Whedon bad. I want to be good. So my macro thought is the offense needs to figure something out for this game. And this is going to be a tough task with a very strong NC state defense, which will break down a little bit, but they need to figure something out. No doubt. Now here's, here's the other side of that, which is if Syracuse can get the college version of Brandon Whedon, he was really good at Oklahoma state. Was pretty good. So if, if so was Brady Quinn, if I believe that's, if I'm correct. Yes, he was pretty good at Notre Dame as a college quarterback. So if Garrett Schrader can kind of channel some of that throwing ability of those guys from their college days, I think that would that would go a long way. But my thought into it is 
I'm mainly curious to see as much as all this other stuff is important, you know, with trying to win a game and getting the bowl eligible and we'll break down all the specifics. I always find the mental side of the game fascinating. And so after you get your butt kicked, how do you respond to that? Right. And so, you know, I'm an Eagles fan, as we've discussed, and several weeks ago, the Eagles played Dallas in a game at Dallas. I believe it was Sunday night football and the Eagles got their butt kicked. So what do you do the next week? Right. Do, Do you let a team that beat you beat you two weeks in a row because you don't recover from it? And even though the Eagles didn't win their next game, they played much better, especially offensively when they played the Chiefs the next week. And then the week after that, they won a road game at Carolina. So they bounced back a little bit. This Syracuse team with that performance against Louisville, it was so much the antithesis of everything we've seen from them all season. They weren't nearly as physical. They weren't nearly as aggressive. They seemed a little bit lethargic. It was the opposite of the way that they have played and behaved and everything all season long that I'm interested to see how they react to the butt whooping. Do they come out and play with their pants on fire like they're ticked off and they're that that's not who we are? And so the performance against Louisville was a blip as opposed to starting a trend towards the end of the season. So that's that's kind of my thought going into it is I'm curious to see how they respond uh, from the mental aspect of it. But let's start by taking a look at NC State and what they have done so far this season. They are 7-3 and three on the year. They are ranked 20th in the country. They are actually favored by 11 points in this game. That's that's a pretty large, uh, pretty large line, but not completely unexpected. Syracuse has for the most part this year, done pretty well against the spread. They started out this season with a 45 to nothing win against South Florida. South Florida is not very good this year. Uh, They are sitting at two and eight on the year, which is obviously not good, but you shut out a team. That's obviously a good start to the season. Then they went on the road and played at Mississippi state and lost 24 to 10. Mississippi State is now ranked 25th in the country, even though they're sitting at six and four, but they've got some impressive wins, including one over NC State. Then they played FCS Furman, blew them out 45 to seven. And then the one that really kind of launched themselves into the top 25 polls was a 27-21 double overtime victory over Clemson, who was ranked ninth at the time. They then held on to a close game against Louisiana Tech, 34 227, in which Louisiana Tech ran for 139 yards in that game. They blew out Boston College, lost a squeaker at Miami 31 to 30, beat Louisville by two touchdowns, beat Florida State by two touchdowns, and then last week lost what was a very entertaining 45 to 42 loss to Wake Forest against the two teams that were in the best position to represent the Atlantic in the ACC title game. So that's where NC state has been so far this season Um, that last week against Wake Forest gave up 116 yards on the ground, but Wake Forest did most of their damage through the air with 290 passing yards in that game. Um, Like I said, very entertaining, high scoring, a lot of offense and all of that. Now, 
one of the things I think that we didn't take enough of a look at going into the Louisville game was recent history between the two schools. And we mentioned that when we broke down what went wrong in the loss was that Louisville had won six of the last seven games going into that. And each of their wins were by three plus touchdowns, a lot of blowouts. Well, NC state has dominated the series in terms of the overall record. NC state is 12 and two against Syracuse um, and six and one at NC state. That includes winning six of the last seven matchups. But if you take a little bit of a deeper dive into those matchups of the six losses, four were by one score. The other two were by two scores. So this is not, even though NC State has won most of the games, this is not a series where, like Louisville, they're winning by three or four or five touchdowns every game. This is a situation where the games are close. I mean, just look at the last four, for example. 2017, Syracuse loses 33-25 to at NC State. The next year, 2018, the year where Syracuse won 10 games, they win 51-41 to in the Dome. 10-point game, close game. 2019, Syracuse was 5-7 and seven that year, didn't have a very good year, 16-10, to 10, one score game. And in that game, Syracuse was driving late in the game with uh, the possibility of scoring a touchdown to potentially squeak out a victory late. Didn't come to fruition, but they had the ball late with that chance. Last year, 36-29 to 29 NC State win in the Dome. That was a game where Syracuse was missing half of its offensive line due to injury, um, injuries all over the roster, no Cisco, no Tro Williams. And that was the game where Syracuse driving late to try to score a touchdown to tie the game and send it in overtime. And Rex Culpepper spikes the ball on fourth down. Um, and that's what ended the game. But still, Syracuse had all those injuries. They weren't very good last year. NC State was a decent team last year, and it was still a one-score game. So I think that gives you some hope that um, if if recent history is any guide, that it should be a competitive game and one that Syracuse will have a chance to win. Yeah, if recent history is saying anything, it's that this will be a close game, that it'll be a one-score game, and that if we had a competent team that can put points on the board, we should win this game. This is generally outside of that one performance, the 16 to 10 uh, NC State victory. It's generally been a 30 point victor for somebody. Someone's cracked 30 and it's been a dub. So I would expect our offense to have to hit that 30 point mark to have a shot at winning this game. NC State's going to put up points. They have a 32 point per game offense. They do know how to tack it on. Uh, and we need to keep pace with them, if not beat them. Uh, that's, I mean, that's where the trend is going, is that you got to crack 30, especially with the offense looking how it is. It's going to have to be a 30-point performance for Syracuse or else. Yeah, and, and to your point about the 30 points, um, of the last seven games, we said NC State has won six of those the last seven. Syracuse only cracked the 30-point barrier once. It was the game that they won. 51 to 41. Now they ended up going all the way up to a 50 burger on that one, you know, not just hitting the 30 Syracuse scores 50 points on Saturday. They're going to win. I'll tell you that right now. Um, Breaking news, shocking analysis. I know hire me at ESPN right away. If they don't score, if they score 50, they don't win. I'm not going to be happy with you. (laughs) 
I just jinxed it. Now Syracuse fans are all going to be ticked off at me. If, if Syracuse scores 51 and loses 54 to 51, I'm never going to hear the end of it. Oh, well, such is life. Um, I'm my, my power of prediction is not that strong. That will not happen. I say knock on wood, but it's tailgating season and no one does it better than Hoffman sausage company, beer, bratwurst, jalapeno, cheddar, sausage, kibasi, and bun length chicken sausage. Add them to the menu with classic German Franks and snappy grillers and fans will go wild. Proudly made in New York since 1879. When you bite into a Hoffman, you experience a little bit of upstate history. Taste tells Hoffman is a proud partner of Syracuse University Athletics. Let's get into this matchup after we've looked back at, at how we've gotten to where we're at. We know Syracuse is five and f- five and five. We know they've got two more cracks at trying to win one game to get to bowl eligibility. How do they do that in this game? One of the big things with the big keys to whoever ends up winning the game is going to be, as it always is with Syracuse, their rushing attack against NC State's run defense. And NC State has one of the better run defenses in the ACC. In fact, they have the number one run defense in the ACC, giving up only 102.1 yards per game. They're giving up 3.2 yards per carry. But they've also done a pretty good job at rushing the quarterback. They have 23 sacks as a team. If you back out those 23 sacks from the rushing numbers, instead of giving up 3.2 yards a carry, it's about 3.9. So almost at that four, 4.0 number that you really look at to try to get four yards a carry to feel like you're running the ball pretty well. So yes, NC State's run defense is very good. It's the best in the ACC. It's ranked 11th nationally. I don't think that that means if you're Syracuse, you go into this game saying, well, we got to throw it 50 times. I don't think that's the case. Syracuse is the number one rushing offense in the ACC and NC state is the number one rushing defense in the ACC. I think that is the huge, most critical pivotal matchup to determine who wins this game. I mean, I have to agree with you. It's, it is the most pivotal matchup. And I believe something I said last episode is if Sean Tucker does not have the first touch the game on offense, I will break my TV in half or throw out the window or something. I don't know. I don't remember exactly what I said. I believe maybe throw out the window, uh, the TV. Now, again, he has to have touches of the ball because as you said, the four, the four yards per rush mark is kind of where you want to hit. And we need to shove it down their throats that last game, I believe wake cracked 130 yards off on them. The year before that, we're not going to count because uh, Florida state without, uh, Travis and with a weird rush attack only had 36 yards. That's a rough performance. That's a great defensive performance, whatever the game before that against Louisville, they gave up 200 plus yards. So if you're SU, you need to give this ball to Tucker, let him run over this offense who we hope will have Bleich back for. We don't know for sure if he's back, that's a better unit. And you just say, run through them, please. That missing Venerello last week clearly hurt a bit. If we can get Bleich back, that'll make up for at least a little bit somewhere. And you have to hope that they do run it down their throats. That obviously we are, and I'll say it, the best rushing attack in the uh, ACC. And I don't think that's close to saying anything. I mean, Sean Tucker is the number one, number two best running back in the NCAA. I mean, you got to give it to the man again. It's, it, we're, we're beating the same drum each week. Give the ball to Sean Tucker and good things happen. When you give it to Schrader to pass the ball, he can't do it that well. 
We know this. If we go at this pass defense, it's not going to work. Give it to Tucker. Let him run on the defense. Let him just get his energy out. Let it happen. Are they the best run defense in the ACC? Yes. But as you said, those numbers can trick you. They are not 3.2 yards per carry. They're 3.9. That is a much more manageable number. That is one extra yard per carry. Use that. Run at them. Please, Sean Tucker. Dino, give it to Tucker. I don't want to buy a new TV. Yeah, I Hey, I'm with you now that when, when you're looking at NC state's defense, there's, there's a couple of names um, that, that stand out. One is middle linebacker. Drake Thomas leads the team in tackles, leads the team in tackles for loss. He has 83 tackles in 10 games, eight and a half tackles for loss uh, on the season, four sacks, two interceptions as a linebacker. So, you know, he's kind of all over the field. Tanner Engel is uh, one of their starting safeties, but he plays a little bit of, of, everywhere right he, he can drop back into coverage he can come up and play in the box as kind of your fourth linebacker um he's got 69 tackles on the season so he's uh, number two on the team those are two guys i think that if you're syracuse you have to try to focus on on blocking those guys to spring sean tucker or garrett schrader so those those are a couple of names to know um levi jones is is also up there in terms of sacks um he's got three and a half Davin Van and Corey Durden also have three and a half sacks. Um, and then another note, Shaheen Battle, one of their starting corners, who has is tied for the team lead with two interceptions, is going to be out for the first half of this game because he got a targeting penalty in the second half against Wake Forest. So those are a couple of notes and a couple of players to watch uh, from the NC State side of things. We don't know whether or not Syracuse is going to get Chris Elmore and Chris, Chris Bleich back for this game. Um, but regardless of whether or not they do, We've seen Syracuse without those two players run the ball well against good teams, against teams that have good run defenses. So, yes, obviously you'd like to be at full strength, but that's not what's going to determine whether or not they run the ball against NC State. NC State's going to stack the box just like every team that Syracuse has played has done since Garrett Schrader became the starting quarterback. It's not new. That's what has happened. But Syracuse has been able to overcome that because of the execution of the offensive line because they varied up some of their play calls because they are able to put pressure on teams with that combination of Sean Tucker and Garrett Schrader in that zone read. And, and, you know, which one do you, do you try to take away and how much is the other one able to beat you? Um, Louisville had really fast athletic linebackers. NC state does as well, but Syracuse can combat that by being a little bit more physical at the point of attack. And that's what Syracuse has to do in order to be successful with their rushing attack. On the flip side of things, Syracuse's defense got torched by Malik Cunningham, not from his legs, but from his arm. However, the threat of his legs completely changed how they defended Louisville's offense. So in this game, you have NC State's passing offense against Syracuse's passing defense. Syracuse has the number three passing defense in the ACC. NC State has the number five. Sorry, NC State has number five passing defenses is in the ACC. Syracuse is number three in passing defense. NC State is also number five in passing offense in the ACC. Um, Syracuse has played a team that has a better passing offense than NC State. That would be Wake Forest. They are number three. 
looming the following week is Pittsburgh, who has the number two passing offense, but we'll get to that next week. So Syracuse has seen a prolific passing offense in Wake Forest. Wake Forest threw the ball very well against Syracuse. But what does this mean for this game? Syracuse versus NC State, averaging 291 yards passing per game, only thrown six interceptions, only five of which has come from their starter, Devin Leary. It's, it's a pretty balanced attack from NC State, isn't it, Kyle? It is. And the scary thing is looking at those receivers and how balanced they are in terms of spreading the ball around. That you have three targets. You have Emeka, Amezi, Devin Carter, and Thayer Thomas are the top three guys you're looking at across the board. All of the wide receivers. You also have uh, Chris Toodle, who's a wide receiver who has started at tight end for them as well, who has 15 receptions for 155. But the three guys I mentioned, Amezi, Carter, Thomas, Amezi is their leader in the clubhouse with 700 yards, give or take uh, total. Carter and Thomas each have uh, around 450 to 500 apiece. Uh, they each have, Amezi has four touchdowns, Carter and Thomas with six apiece. Uh, they they spread the ball around really well. I mean, Leary spreads the ball out perfectly. And that is the scary thing, is that there's not one guy to key in on on this defense. you got to key in on all of them. So you can't double one because the others are going to beat you somewhere. That if you want to double Amezi, okay, Carter's going to beat you somewhere else. Want to double Thomas, cool, the other two are going to beat you, so on and so forth. That you can't win that battle of doubling. You need to play a system that's going to stop them. You also have to see guys like Coley play well this week. As we said, he had a really rough week last week. Brutal. And it wasn't even brutal. It doesn't even explain how bad it was. I There's a lot more the superlatives you could use to explain how bad it was. Um, but he's going to be a big factor in this game, in my opinion. He's the X factor for Syracuse. That Obviously, we have Chestnut. We have Williams. They're both six foot. They're both good corners. The two top targets, Amezi and Carter, are both six foot three for NC State. I know it may not mean a lot to a lot of people, but that is three extra inches of height and three extra inches of jumping, plus however much more uh, wingspan that gives those guys to go up and get those uh, passes that are uh, contested of either Chestnut or Williams. They have the height to get it. Colby's six two. He can compete with them, that extra little bit more. That three inches does make a difference in this case. And having Coley just about be the same size as them, he's going to be on one of the three of them, I can tell you that much, and he has to cover them well. If he does not do his job this week, I would be terrified for how this game turns out. So size matters is what we've just learned from that whole conversation, right? So uh, bad news for guys everywhere. However, how, how can Syracuse – combat that passing offense from NC state, right? So they've got three very talented wide receivers that can all make plays and three. So it doesn't allow you to focus on one guy and try to take him out, put Garrett Williams on one guy, take him out of the game and you feel pretty good um, about where things stand there. Now um, Thayer Thomas last year torched Syracuse with nine catches for 102 yards and, and those three touchdowns. Um, the best way for Syracuse to combat that is not by disguising coverages. Yes, that helps. It's not by doing a bunch of funky things with your corners. It's not by expecting Garrett Williams or Deuce Chestnut to grab a couple of interceptions. Obviously, that would help. It's getting after the quarterback. Syracuse is tied for sixth nationally in sacks. They're second in the ACC in sacks. Only Pittsburgh has more. 
they have rushed the quarterback very well all season. Last week against Louisville, just like everything else, was not indicative of the way the rest of the season has gone. Syracuse only had one sack, but they have done a really good job of pressuring opposing quarterbacks. Last year against NC State, Syracuse recorded six sacks. So that tells me a couple of things. One, it was largely by players that are still on the team. Marlo Wax had a couple. Stephon Thompson had one. Cody Roscoe had one. Um, of, of the six sacks, it was five players that are going to be uh, playing in, in this game and playing a prominent role for Syracuse. That tells me that they've that the coaching staff has seen something that they believe will help them get pressure on NC State and Devin Leary. That can do a couple of things. One, obviously, if you sack them, you put them in a second, third, and long. That obviously helps you. And then if you're able to generate a consistent pass rush on those second and third and long situations, you can force quicker throws, short throws short of the sticks, um, perhaps errant throws, make them throw the ball away, all of those things. That obviously can help your defense get off the field. The other thing it can do, potentially, is you could set up strip sack situations if you're going to get a turnover or two, or you could hit him as he's throwing the ball, which could pop it up in the air, give you a chance for an interception. Now, here's here's the downside. Devin Leary has done a tremendous job in the games that I've seen him. I've seen about three NC State games this year so far, um, three full games, and I've watched clips of, of every one of them. He's been excellent getting the ball out of his hands quickly. And that's that's part of NC State's game plan. Try to negate opposing pass rushes. He's only thrown five interceptions on the season. Um, the other interception NC State had was was from their backup. But Devin Leary has only thrown five himself. So it, there's going to be a little chess match there. How much does Syracuse blitz? Because NC State's going to try to throw some of those quick passes. Take advantage of the fact that they've got playmaking wide receivers with some size and some speed. Um Going to be, as I said, an interesting little chess match between the two coaching staffs. But if you're Syracuse, you can't let Devin Leary get comfortable. You have to pressure him as much as possible. Hope you can pressure him and force a couple of mistakes. I think that's where Syracuse tries to combat NC State's passing offense. Because even though Wake Forest, when Syracuse played the Demon Deacons, threw the ball pretty successfully in that game. They also were able to get to Sam Hartman on several occasions and get him down to the ground and, and get the ball back over to their offense. So I think a similar game plan there, Devin Leary is not a mobile quarterback. He's probably the least mobile quarterback that they've played uh, since perhaps the Albany game, um, you know, going back that far. So gives you a chance to tee off and, and see what you got. I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out and, kind of mentioned it here a little bit that can directly lead to the turnover battle. And if you're hoping to upset a team on the road, a ranked team on the road, turnovers can be such a huge factor. The downside NC state has only lost 10 turnovers on the season. That's one per game. Syracuse has only forced six on the season. That's less than one per game. So the numbers there don't set up to something that you would expect to see Syracuse having the opportunity to force turnovers. But that doesn't mean that they're any less important going into this game. No, they are as important as they come. And NC State is a team that also forces turnovers like crazy. That is something you need to take into account. That yes, we don't force turnovers six in the span of 10 games. Not ideal. Uh, I've heard a 60% is not a passing grade uh, for some classes. D's do get degrees though. So you do have to hope that 
that can guess get you somewhere in life. But in this game, you need at least one turnover if you're SU to force one on NC State because they are a team that does force a turnover. Uh, they they know how to do it. They have, I believe, 16 total turnovers forced this season, which obviously is a lot more than six. Uh, that is a, a whopping one and a half a game. That means every game they're getting one or two turnovers. They can pick off a ball. They have 13 picks in the season, which emphasizes the fact of if you are SU, do not put this ball in Schrader's hands and tell him, go throw us to victory because they have a pass defense that can pick off the ball. And yes, it hasn't come back to bite us in the butt yet, but at some point it's going to, at some point comeuppance is going to happen and we are going to lose that battle because Raider is going to throw a pick or two like we saw DeVito do multiple times throughout his career of just errant passes, getting overconfident, and all of a sudden we lose the turnover battle and we lose the game because it just, it falls apart. Yeah, no question. And as much as, as, you know, Garrett Schrader has been criticized for his inability to consistently complete passes and the passing attack and what has happened to Syracuse passing attack and all, and all that stuff. Very valid criticism. You throw for 40 some odd yards last week against Louisville, especially when you're behind the whole game, just not cutting it, frankly. Um, the one thing that he has done pretty well is he's taken care of the football. He hasn't turned it over and NC state, most of their turnovers that they have forced have come off of interceptions. So it's interesting that you've got um, NC state's rushing, at, rushing defense is the tops in the ACC. It's, it's, you know, 11th nationally Syracuse. We know wants to run the ball, but part of the way that you can try to, um, you know, soften what they do as far as putting players in the box and, and all that is by throwing the football. Well, well, what NC state does is they combine the elite run defense with a playmaking passing defense that gets the ball back to their offense. So I think Syracuse has to try to balance how much they go to the passing attack um, to, to try to keep NC state's defense honest versus really relying on that running game so that you're not putting Schrader in a situations where there is a greater chance of a turnover because I, I think Syracuse has to come out of this game if they're going to win it clean from a turnover standpoint, from a penalty standpoint, and try to hope that they can force a couple of mistakes um, against NC State. We thought we thought all season Syracuse defense is, is pretty good, right? Even though it didn't play very well against Louisville. The one thing they haven't done, it's forced turnovers. You, you got to figure if they're going to win one of these last two games, it's going to be because they force a couple of turnovers and give their offense a short field. Perhaps this is the game where that happens. They can get Devin Leary off of his um, pretty impressive streak of only throwing five so far this season. Another, another quick note before we break down special teams, which will be important in this game is with NC state's loss last week to wake forest that essentially eliminates them. I believe it does eliminate them from having a chance to win the ACC Atlantic. So does that take a little bit of the edge off of, their preparation? Um, does it take a little bit of that sort of motivation, that motivating factor away from the way that they approach this game? You know, it's it's kind of an interesting, as much as we talk about Syracuse and, and how they're going to respond to a poor performance last week, sort of an interesting little uh, tidbit as far as the way NC State approaches this game uh, mentally. Now, special teams, 
Kyle, I'm going to let you take this one because I know you're the special teams guy. You're the one that breaks down where the kickers are and who's got the edge there. What are we seeing from a special team standpoint from the Wolfpack? Well, firstly, thank you for uh, naming me Mr. Special Teams. Uh, I do enjoy that thoroughly. Um, uh, It's been a a long few days of discussing special teams because uh, the Saints had about as many problems as you could have on special teams, uh, two missed extra points and a fumble on a kickoff. So it was a rough week for me. Yeah. Subpar. Um, so I'm interested to discuss this now. Uh, NC state's kicker, uh, Chris Dunn is perfect on extra points, 39 to 39. That's not somewhere to look at. Uh, but he does miss field goals. That is something he does do. He is not perfect. He's 11 for 16 on field goals. He's three for three inside of 30. Outside of 30, he has missed five this season, um, which makes him, for those keeping track at home, and makes him eight for 13 uh, outside of 30, which I believe, Mike, is the exact same number Andre Schmidt is on the season, which, for those who know at home, that's not good. Subpar. That is, yes, that is very subpar. So as soon as you crack that 30-yard mark, which... Most field goals will that if you're within 30, a coach is most likely going to try and go for that touchdown anyway. But if, if you're not, whatever, if you're in, if you're outside of 30, this becomes a very interesting game. Uh, Dunn's long on the year is 46. Um, His career long is 53. He hit one last year, 53. So he doesn't have the biggest booming leg, but he does have himself a good one. Um, He does miss though. He's missed all of his career. His stats have gone from 89% in 2018 to 87% uh, 2019. Uh, 2020, it was 70%. Now he's under 70 this year. So he has gotten progressively worse throughout his college career, almost very similarly to Andre Schmidt, <laughs> who seems to have fallen off a bit. And that's just the kicking game. I haven't even discussed punting, which I, I am more concerned about our punting game than theirs, to be, to be completely honest there. Uh, I want to know who's going to punt for us. Um, I want to know if we can bring Sterling Hoffrichter back as a grad student. Um, <laughs> he's out of a job right now. Maybe Nolan Cooney can come back too. Uh, bring both back, may as well. Uh, that's my only hope. <laughs> oh, the punting situation. I mean, how do you go from punter you, where you go Rob Long to Riley Dixon to Sterling Hoffrichter to Nolan Cooney to last week averaging less than 30 yards a punt? I mean, I. I don't know if, if you're a Syracuse, I'm, I'm bringing in like 10 punters as walk-ons and saying, all right, guys, one of you is going to win the job and you're going to be put on scholarship. I, I mean, I, I don't know what else to do, but I mean, I'm looking at you have on the punting unit, you have Barker Hawkins and James Williams. That's your punting group right there. Right. You, James, and James Williams is, so he's on scholarship. He was like a top five punting prospect in his recruiting class and his big claim to fame, why he was so highly regarded as a punting prospect is that he had a cannon of a leg. So I don't know if he's hurt this year and there's something that, that we perhaps don't know about and he's just battling through it. And that's why he's averaging, you know, less than 40 yards a punt. But I mean, in high school, he was regularly booming 50 plus yard punts and so I, I don't know if there's something going on that we're not aware of. And perhaps that's, that's the explanation. And, and then you don't need to 
to go to the extreme of bringing in 10 punters, like I just suggested, but um, yeah, Syracuse has to figure that out because I think in a game where you've got a strong passing attack from NC state. And even though that's, that's the, the primary weapon of their offense, that doesn't mean that they don't run the ball well because they do. They've, they've got, you know, two or three running backs, uh, Zonovan Knight, Ricky person. Um, they can hurt you. Both have run the ball. Well, both have gotten into the end zone three or four times this year uh, between the two of them. They've got a, about 1170 yards and, and seven touchdowns averaging about five yards of carry between the two. Those are, are the two guys that are, are going to carry the ball. They've, they've got very similar numbers in terms of carries and yards and, and all of that. Um, but you know, you've got a team that can throw the ball as well as, as NC state can, you can't give them short field. So I, I think Syracuse getting some level of competency in, in the punting game, I think is important in this one, but to your point, uh, Christopher Dunn has been erratic this year. He's three for three inside of 29 yards. And then it just gets, you know, very inconsistent after that. What's weird is he's four for six in the 30 to 39 range. Uh, which is not great. You, you should probably be six for six in that category, but he's over two beyond 50 from 40 to 49. He's four for five, which, which almost seems odd given that he's four for six from 30 to 39. But um, you know, there's, it's going to be interesting to see how the kicking game ends up playing out in this one. And uh, NC state does have, Zonovan Knight, who is one of their their primary running backs, is also their kick returner and their punt returner. He has returned a kick um, for a touchdown 100 yards earlier this season. So Syracuse's coverage units will have to be good in this one as well. So let's get to prediction time. Kyle, we're going to start with you. Syracuse, NC State, who wins? What's the score and why? Normally, I am the beacon of light, beacon of hope. I give I give all SU fans that listen for my horrible hot takes and my awful rants the hope of we're gonna win. Sean Tucker's gonna beat Samaje Pirine's record. He's gonna run for 500 yards this game. I'm gonna be honest. I don't believe in us this game. I it has been a rough week, and I I have lost my faith right now in this team. That this team they need to show me that they can do it because again, outside of a single quarter of football. They have put up three points in two games. That's not good. Like there's bad. There is worse. There is six feet of garbage. And then there is us off like in general right now. So I'm going to give NC state the victory here. I normally that's you. I'm going to do it. I think NC state does crack the 30 mark as well. I think it's 37, 27 NC state. I also think, the first drive, we don't score. We turn the ball over. And also on the first play, Sean Tucker does not run the ball. So I will uh, not only be sad and crying because we lost, but also I need to buy a new TV. <laughs> oh, man, the financial burden that Syracuse football places on, on its fans. Unbelievable. Um, I'm I'm with you in a lot of those points. You know, I, I think Syracuse is going to play better on both sides of the ball in this game. I do think it's going to be a competitive game, but I'm picking NC State. And the main reason is I think NC state's a better football team. They're, they're ranked. Um, they've been more consistent this year and they're playing at home. If the game was in the dome, 
I, I I honestly might pick Syracuse to to upset NC State, but I think location is important here. Syracuse has struggled in conference road games, um, you know, the last few years. So even though they got one against Virginia Tech and obviously played well in that game, um, kind of went back to the way it's been last week with a poor performance at Louisville. Uh, I do think they'll come out and play better. I'm going to pick NC State 31, Syracuse 27. I think Sean Tucker is going to break the single season record um, for rushing yards um, at, at Syracuse. I think he's 11 short going into this one. So um, he's going to set that record. That'll be a cool moment. But um, unfortunately, I, I don't have it coming in a win. Um, perhaps I'll be wrong. I haven't been great in my predictions this year. So, you know, if I have to eat crow, I will gladly do so next week. But I'm, I'm going to say that uh, Devin Leary does enough with, with the passing game. Um, I will predict that he will turn it over once, but that ultimately um, Syracuse's lack of ability to punt the ball consistently gives NC State too many short fields and they end up scoring enough to beat Syracuse who fails once again to get to that 30 point mark and Syracuse drops to five and six, setting up a showdown in the dome with Pittsburgh who could be coastal division champions by the time they come to the dome, if they're able to beat Virginia uh, this week. So that's, that's how I see things going out uh, playing out and, and we'll see how accurate I am um, on that. That'll do it for episode 21 of the Believe in Syracuse podcast presented by Bet Online and Hoffman Sausage Company. I'm Mike McAllister for Kyle F, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.